0: Well, hello, friends. Uh, The last month or so, we have been in a sermon series where we have been talking about what it might look like for all of our lives to be consumed by the Holy Spirit, by worshiping God. We've been asking big questions like, what is my life bowing down towards? Do I show up ready to consume or expectant to encounter the living God when I come here to worship? And do we show up asking too little from God? And all of these questions are pointing to the same end, that all of our lives will be consumed by something, whether it's by worshiping God or something else. So we've been taking the time to ask what it would look like, not just for a part of our lives to be consumed by the Holy spirit, but for the fullness of who we are and how we worship to be shaped by an all consuming love for God. Now, I want us to start off with an odd kind of question this morning. And the question is this, why are you here? And I know that, yeah, maybe that is a little bit of a weird way to start a sermon, but I want you to really consider this question for a second. Why are you here? What brought you here to worship this morning? Uh, Maybe you have an answer that goes back a couple hours. Maybe you're here because the stars aligned, your household was able to get up and get dressed and get out the door and into the church building this morning. Maybe you're here because you are seeking to grow deeper in your faith in this season. Or maybe because you're in a season where you're looking for meaning and connection. Maybe you're here because you feel like you should be in church on a Sunday morning, or maybe you're here because the person next to you invited you to come. Maybe your answer goes back more than just a couple hours, though. Maybe it goes back to a number of years. Maybe you're here because someone in your life has passed on their faith to you in such a way that you too desire to live a life that is marked by the love of Jesus Christ. Now, I have had the privilege of having a lot of conversations with many of you over the last month or so. Um, particularly those of you that are in a season of rekindling your faith. And for some of you, you're coming back to church for the first time in years. For others of you, you're in a season of reconnection where uh, you've been here, but are looking to live into your gifts in a new way in this season. And still others of you, I've loved getting to hear how your kids have inspired you to come back to church. And um, they've in some ways even been the ones leading and kind of paving the way for many of you to, to be back in this place. And our scripture this morning, we're going to be reading from a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a man named Timothy. And Timothy is someone that Paul was a mentor to, and the portion of scripture that we'll be reading comes from the very beginning of 2 Timothy, or the second letter addressed to Timothy from Paul. And what we'll be reading is the opening portion of this letter. Uh, As Paul writes this letter, he is in a pretty rough place, and I want you to hear the depth of gratitude that Paul shares for Timothy. Timothy. Um, I'd also encourage you to listen to the encouragement that Paul gives to Timothy because I think these same words of encouragement uh, can apply to us today. So we're going to look at 2 Timothy uh, chapter two, or sorry, chapter one. We'll begin in the first verse. Um, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God and for the sake of the promise of life that is in Jesus Christ, to Timothy, my beloved child. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I am grateful to God, whom I worship with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did. When I remember you constantly in my prayers, night and day, recalling your tears, I long to see you so that you may be filled with joy, so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois in your mother Eunice, and now I am sure lives in you. For this reason, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through laying on of hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. Friends, I love that Paul talks about Timothy's faith as having been passed down by his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice, which First of all, it's just so beautiful. And second, it also reminds me from so many stories that I hear regularly. Uh, in fact, in our new member class, I always ask the question at the beginning of class, like what brought you here to this church, to Piqua United Methodist Church? And sometimes people talk about what brought them here, maybe as opposed to other churches or what brought them to the area and therefore here. One thing that I regularly hear is I have full grown adults say that they are in new members' class because of their mom, and it always makes me laugh a little bit because it's not necessarily the answer that they give, but it's how they say it. Like no one says um, that they're here because of their mom with excitement and gratitude by saying like, "My mom is the reason that I'm here." Uh, like they always answer with a bit of defeat in their voice as they're like, "My mom told me I needed to come back to church, so that's why I'm here." <laughs> And truly, though, like I'm always in awe of the folks that say that they are here because of a parent or grandparent that first inspired faith in them. And if I'm honest with myself, that's also the same reason that I'm here, because of the people in my life, my parents, my grandparents that have passed along their faith to me. And I love Paul's encouragement to Timothy in this uh, letter, because he isn't cold just asking him to be consumed by the Holy Spirit or to dedicate his life to God. But Paul reminds Timothy of the faith of those that have come before him, and then he says, um, "For this reason, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you." Now, I know we all come from different backgrounds. Some of us are here not because a faith was passed down to us, but because we so desire a faith for ourselves or for our family. However, uh, no matter what your background is, this phrase to to rekindle the gift of God that is within you. It feels like a fitting word as we close out the sermon series on being consumed by our God. Um, My hope for each of us is that we can reignite the flame of faith that has first drawn us to this place. I wonder what would it look like for you in this season to rekindle your faith? Uh, There are two places that I often find myself in when I'm in a season where my faith needs rekindling. So I'll, I'll share both of those with you this morning and hopefully it will be helpful as we go along. Uh, the first place for me is when I have accidentally outsourced my faith. When I've too heavily leaned on the faith of my parents or grandparents, then I find that my faith needs to be rekindled. When I've leaned on on those people, family members, maybe even when I've leaned on the faith of my close friends or teachers or pastors or mentors, and I put kind of all of my trust in their faith and not enough um, in the work of rekindling my own faith. And when this happens, I find that I uh, mistake these people's uh, spiritual work for my own, uh, believing that simply by osmosis, if they are passionate enough, um, or if they are in a passionate enough place with their own faith, that it will be enough to power my own relationship with God. When I assume if someone else is doing the spiritual work for me, then the trap that I fall into is believing that then all I need to do is to consume information about that person's faith journey. However, I am too regularly reminded that information is not what changes lives or realities, but rather a relationship with God is what changes us. Um, This leads me to the second place that I find myself in when I'm in a season where my faith might need rekindling. And that's when I have mistaken information for relationship. Now, I'll tell you what I mean here. Uh, Too often, I found myself in a season where I've been consuming a lot of information about God and assumed that that meant I was growing in my faith without without actually pausing to allow myself to be changed or challenged by the information that I was learning. And y'all, we are living in the midst of a season where information is more readily available than it has ever been. And if I ever find that I'm in a place where I don't know the answer to something before my brain even has time to process that answer, I've had time to Google that and even read, read several article headlines about it to come up with an answer. Information is everywhere. And it can be so tempting for me sometimes to mistake information about God for a relationship with God. For many years, I have learned tons of information about God. Maybe the same is true for you. I've taken lots of classes with incredible professors and teachers that have helped me to learn more about God, to learn more about scripture and even more about the church. And sometimes because I've taken these, it can be easy for me to feel like I have checked the box on learning about God and I can just move along with my life. However, I'm regularly reminded that a relationship with God in a life of faith is about so much more than simply information. In Core One, which is a class that we teach regularly around here, in fact, you've probably heard us talking about it even already this morning. But in the midst of that class, I regularly give an example that you can know a lot about somebody without actually knowing them. For example, I could tell you all kinds of information about my dog Basil all day long. I could tell you that she's a year and a half old, she is full puppy with energy for days, and yet still really loves to cuddle up on the couch when we're watching TV, which is my favorite. I could tell you that she loves nothing more than playing stick in the backyard, and that somehow she always chooses the biggest stick that she can find, that it's basically like a tree, and she carries it around the yard. I think we have a picture that we can throw up of her said stick that is actually a tree. Uh, I could tell you that she is super obsessed with her glow-in-the-dark ball. That her green bone is her favorite since the moment she got it and it no longer squeaks and the end of it is all bitten off and yet she doesn't care. It's still her favorite. I could tell you that Basil hates thunderstorms and fireworks and the car, uh, but she always loves anywhere that the car takes her, uh, whether that's on a camping trip or to sit outside at a coffee shop where she will inevitably be a fan favorite and have lots of strangers petting her and talking about how soft she is and how striking her eyes are. Like I could tell you uh, that knowing Basil would change your life. And yet all of this information would probably not change a thing in your life. In fact, you could even get a master's degree in learning all about Basil's life and um, how great she is, or at least how great I think she is. And you could have never met Basil and never had a relationship with her. However, in my humble opinion, I believe that if you actually met Basil and had a relationship with her, then she would change your life. (laughs) On a more serious note, hopefully you can see where I'm headed, that knowing about God is different than knowing God. You could have spent your entire life learning about God week after week and reading scripture and learning information about God without actually ever knowing or having a relationship with God. Our lives of faith don't simply end when we walk out these doors on a Sunday morning or after we have taken X number of classes to learn more about the Bible. But an invitation to a life of faith is in fact an invitation to a life of ever growing in our God, um, in our God-given gifts and being able to use our unique gifts and our unique calling as we constantly learn and grow in our faith, not just in one year, not just in one week, but across our lifetimes. Um, So this morning, I wonder, like, what would it look like for you personally to claim your faith as your own in the midst of this season, to live out your calling or live into your own God-given gifts? What would it look like for you to not simply know about God, but to know God deeply? If this is something that kind of piques your interest, we actually are going to be talking about it in our whole next sermon series, so you can get excited for that. Uh, but this morning, I'd extend Paul's invitation uh, that he says to Timothy to each of us to rekindle the gift of God that is within you. So for those of you that are in a season of desiring to rekindle your faith, whether you are new to faith or new to being back at church or um, back to rekindling your faith. I am hopeful that you hear this morning that there is something possible for you beyond just information information. And beyond just seeing others have a vibrant life of faith and hoping that somehow by osmosis, it would impact you too. Friends, you too have the opportunity to be consumed by the Holy Spirit, to wholeheartedly desire um, a faith and to dedicate yourself and your God-given um, gifts to the purpose and calling that God is inviting you into. And if you feel like that is is not you, that you're in a different space, um, maybe you already are kind of way far ahead on this journey Maybe your faith in this season is vibrant, doesn't necessarily need rekindling. And if that sounds like you, I would encourage you to be thinking about who is your Lois, Who are your Eunice, uh, The people that maybe your parents or grandparents or friends or family, pastors, mentors, whoever it is that has set a path before you. And again, that might be literal family and friends. It might be um, anyone who has helped to kindle in you a desire for faith. And I'd encourage you to find some time, whether it's this morning or this week, to to give thanks for them and to give thanks for their influence in your lives. And second, I would encourage you to ask, um, who are you a Lois or a Eunice for right now? Who are you kindling a faith in right now that they can look at you and the life of faith that you are living and you can shepherd them along the way so that they are not just simply trying to to get faith by osmosis or faith by learning information from you, but that you can be on this journey of faith together. Friends, let's pray. Holy God, we thank you that you are a God that we can know intimately, that you desire for us to live a life that is so consumed by our calling and our God-given purpose that our life isn't simply shaped by information that we have about you um, that is only relevant in the past, but you are a God who is active in our lives and that who actively desires to have a relationship with each and every one of us so that we aren't simply knowing about you, but that we can be known by you Our God who loves us and deeply desires for us to be able to grow day after day, more fully in our own faith. God, we thank you that we don't do this work alone, but that you bring your Holy Spirit alongside us in the midst of this work so that we never have to feel alone in the midst of our journey of faith because you are God who regularly is bringing friends and family members and church members and people um, across time and even in this space here and now bringing people alongside us so that we might be able to know you more fully and that we might be consumed more fully day after day by your Holy Spirit, such that our lives and our communities are transformed because of your beautiful and audacious love that you have for each and every one of us. We ask this all in your name. Amen.
1: Well, it's been great to worship with you together during this time. Uh, we'd love to invite you to come and join us for worship in person or online, live on Sunday mornings or throughout the week. You can find more information about our worship times or worship with us online at fbumc.org. And while you're there, uh, you can find plenty of ways to connect with us, uh, whether that's uh, connecting in sort of an opportunity for community around here or serving the greater Fuquay community around us. Uh, so we'd love to invite you to join us for those. If this is a resource that provides you spiritual sustenance and you'd like to partner with us in making it possible for everyone else while you're there, at the top right-hand corner, there's a button that says give, or you can go to fvumc.org give and make a gift there that makes the mission and ministry of this place possible. We're so thankful for everyone who partners with us uh, to do just that. Listen, it's been great. It's been great to be together with you uh, in this moment, and we look forward to worshiping again with you real soon. We'll see you then.